0: First off, I'd like to welcome our listeners back to the Southwest Ohio Swimming Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss, publicize, and share any and everything about all aspects of swimming, not just in Southwest Ohio, if you've been listening, uh, but to promote swimming at all levels throughout the United States. Now, uh, my, I'm old Coach Bill, as always. I'm always here. My experience is as a lifelong swim parent. I'm a high school coach here in the Cincinnati area, and I'm a YMCA dry land strength coach for Mike Lennon of the Palcrawsey YMCA. Now, my technical assistant is Jonathan Prophet. He's not going to be uh, talking on this as co-host, but he's doing all the technical stuff. He's a swimmer all the way through uh, college as a D1 swimmer from Miami University. He was also a high school coach and summer uh, club coach. Now, I'm going to interrupt the, the our, our interview here real fast because I've got an ad for the Jose Serta Aquatic Foundation Dinner Gala, which is coming up on May 18th. Now, folks, this does a lot of good. Now, if you listened to our last podcast, we had the folks on from the Jose Serta Aquatic Foundation, and they discussed all the good things they've done, and I've, I've told you about that also. Now, it's $55 a ticket if you want to actually attend. Now, even if you don't want to attend and get a ticket for the, a seat, Hey guys, I went to Hamilton recently and it cost a lot more than $55 for me to sit there and watch these guys uh, rap. So you can afford $55, send it in, help us. We we talked about the swimming clinics. We talked about the water polo clinics. They give scholarships. They bring in Olympic uh, uh, athletes. Now, the the Olympic athletes have to make a living so they get paid to come in. They can't do it all out of the kindness and goodness of their heart because they're a lot of them are professionals and they're making a living and they're trying to get ready for the next Olympics or the next next championship meet. So they get paid to come in. So that's not a problem. Now, don't be cheap. Now, this year we have uh, Davis Tarwater coming in, who was a gold medalist in the 2012 Olympics. He was on a 2004 uh, by uh, 2 uh, free relay, uh, gold medalist, and there's an interesting story beside behind him. Now, if you listen to our uh, two podcasts ago with his former coach from the... Uh, 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 queen's university in south uh, north carolina you can hear this you can hear the story there but if you come to the gala you'll hear about it now let's move on with the podcast now we're especially uh, uh blessed or lucky here we've got uh we're traveling via skype to the united states military academy at west point new york now we're particularly lucky to have coach mickey winder the head coach of the combined united states uh, military academy men's and women's swim team program welcome to the podcast coach hey thank
1: you it's great to be on i, I appreciate this opportunity
0: well, I appreciate you being here. Now, unfortunately, I got Navy on before you, but that, we'll make up for it today.
1: That's okay. Yeah. Now,
0: uh, I am also retired military, but a retired Army officer, but I am not a graduate of Hudson High, but I still like the military. Get nothing wrong with it. It's, uh, I still uh, like the sports and things there, and we follow it. Uh, but uh, now, like I say, the subject of today's uh, podcast is the United States Military Academy swim team. Now, Coach, could you give our listeners an insight into your background into swimming? And feel free to go back as far as you go. Now, the Michigan coach went all the way back to when he was four. You, I gave him the time for that. If you want to do that, feel free. I don't limit you on this, but give us uh, your your history in swimming and your uh, even all the way up to your history with the United States Military Academy, Coach.
1: Sure. Well, I I um I was I, I was real fortunate to grow up playing a lot of different sports and had a back injury that that sort of forced me into swimming full-time and i just loved it so i got a little bit of a late start with swimming as i was doing it for rehab for a little um break in my spine that i had and um and and just fell in love with the sport i was i was fortunate to get a chance to do it in college and uh, swam division one for a guy named joe fisher who was a real hero to me in fact most of my coaches growing up were, were people that I wanted to be like, people that believed in me, sometimes more than I believed in myself. And, and, um, and, and I just knew I wanted to be a coach, and, and through my college experience, I knew I wanted to be a swimming coach. And, um, and I'm still in, in very close touch with my college my college coach, Fisher. And so I, I swam four years. I got a degree in physical education. It was an exercise science focus. And, um, and I became a PE teacher. And I, I, I knew there was more to it. And I was coaching high school um, swimming and club swimming. And I decided that I wanted to, to move on to the college level. I went to, um, to graduate school and had my first assistant, assistant job at Cal State Northridge in uh, the san fernando valley pete Carty the coach their longtime coach at northridge was the division two coach of the decade he'd won 13 <laughs> national titles at, at um csun and that was an amazing move for me and and pete again tremendous mentor and and somebody that that really um Taught me so much about how to be a head coach and, and how to coach at the college level. Um, and then I went up the coast a little ways to Cal State Northridge, or excuse me, um, University of California, Santa Cruz. That's about 60 miles south of San Francisco, and, and that was my first head coaching job. I was a Division three coach there, but had an amazing experience and great kids and met my wife there at, at Santa Cruz um, and had a chance to bring a team that, that hadn't had a lot of success nationally to sixth at the NCAAs in, in D3. and um, We had a lot of success. We had people go real fast and, and created some very good teams. And then I was fortunate to be considered for a Division one head coaching job at the University of Washington. Um,
0: you couldn't get away from so the we coast.
1: Were, we were in Santa Cruz six years. Go ahead.
0: You couldn't get away from the coast.
1: No, I was just making my way up, yeah. and and we moved to Seattle. Had eight wonderful years in um, at the University of Washington, and and had a lot of success there. We were top twenty at NCAA's a couple times. We had some people finish, I think, as as, as well as as fourth at, at NC two A's individually, and had a bunch of relay score. One of my favorite most proud accomplishments at UW is we had someone qualify for the ncaa's in every event um at every distance so we we did um some great things and had some amazing assistant coaches joe dykstra was one of our coaches there who's now the head coach at utah and ricky perkins was one of our assistants he's now the head coach at bowling green um beth slaughter was one of our assistants she's now a head coach and up in um a D3 school up in, in Washington where she's from Kim Harada was one of our assistant coaches and Kim actually came here with me to army and um, Kim was she was a great swimmer she was fourth in the 50s in NCAA she was uh, our first female Pac-10 champ that we'd ever had um, and um, Kim came with me she actually met an army officer and they're married now and he's teaching here so Kim's been with me now on and off for about 20 years um, so we had a great run up in up in Seattle until Army called and, um, and then we made the move here it's been an unbelievable blessing to raise my four children on campus this job comes with the house and we get to be part of this community and part of this place um, which is I, I I can't imagine a better a better place to raise a family and, and better people to be associated with every day. It's been um, just an awesome for uh, 13 seasons we've had here at Army.
0: Coach, can you uh, tell our audience about some of the changes you've made since taking the position as head coach and possibly even how that has evolved since you've got there?
1: I th- the biggest thing the most important thing to me has always been team and has always been building a family. Um, we have very high standards and we hold people accountable, but there's a lot of support. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of um, of, of working together and, and especially having the upperclassmen mentor and lead the younger people in our program. In fact, that's one of the initiatives that I think has made the biggest difference Is what we call our, our our team mentor program, and we match up upperclassmen who are particularly good at certain areas with younger freshmen, sophomores, um, and and they help mentor whether it's academically or militarily or physically. Um, we've done we've done a lot better academically. Our GPA went from a 2.8 to a 3.2. Oh. With the initiation of our our T, our TAM program, Team Academic Mentors, but it's more than that. They they teach each other um, how to be a, a great leader and how to be a great teammate and how to be a great roommate and and how to eventually commission as an officer, um, you know. And, and they're going to go out and lead America's sons and daughters, and and they've got to make sure that they're they're ready. And we take those responsibilities very seriously, all the while making sure that they have a chance to swim to their potential. Um, you know, recruiting is a huge part of this. Obviously, we want talent, but we want the right people to to come in here um, and not just swim fast and do well in school, but to represent our program in the corps of cadets and in the community and nationally. The way West Point deserves, and that process to us is really important as we, we, we select the right people um, to come in here and, and do this. And and you know I, people ask me all the time, you know where do you find these great young Americans who want to do this sort of thing? And and I think there are probably just three things that everyone in our program has in common number one they love swimming and diving they have a passion to want to see how good they can be in the sport Um, number two they're a little bit tough you know not a beat your chest kind of tough but there's a grit there's a resilience there's a sort of an inner strength and resolve that these kids have that that i want to do something that's a little bit different than the typical 18 to 22 year olds that I want to be a part of something that I know is going to set me up for success later in life. And, and then the third thing they all have in common is they believe in team. They believe in family, this notion of being part of something larger than themselves resonates with them. And, and so I, I think if you love the sport, if you want to do something to distinguish yourself in the world and you believe that that the sum, the whole, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, if you believe in this idea of team and family and synergy and, and working together, that this could be a great place for you.
0: Now you touched on it briefly there, Coach. Uh, recruiting. Do you find the swimmers because because everybody comes out of there as a commissioned officer in one of the branches? I know I had a friend who went through West Point and he came out as an Air Force officer, which I thought was rather interesting. But uh, they, they, the bottom line, they're going to come out and they're going to be commissioned officers. So do you find do you look for recruits or do recruits find you or is it a mixture of all the above?
1: I would say it's eighty percent of we're trying to identify fast people with potential to go to improve um and then there are some that reach out to us but probably only 20 percent um come to us in most cases it's us recruiting the same way every other division one program does you know we just we have to cast a pretty large net you know obviously because we're recruiting all 50 states and and um we don't go internationally but we're You know, in a lot of ways, we're America's team and and we've got to be out, you know, all over the country finding fast, talented athletes with a lot of potential who want to live their lives a little bit differently. You know, so it's it's a it's a full blown recruiting process, just like any other school. In fact, we have seven juniors coming for an official visit this weekend and, and we have several commitments already. You know, from the junior class for the following year. So the recruiting process here is is more similar than than different from any you know civilian school.
0: Now, do the athletes still need to um, have a congressional or other recommendation or a, a sponsorship? I'm not I'm not using the correct phrase here. Or do they bypass that if they're recruited as an athlete and they want to be an athlete for army?
1: The the process is the same. It is but we can support the process a little bit more, you know, as they go through it, you know, as an athlete. So they still need a congressional appointment. They still need um, to pass the medical and the physical portion of everything. Um, There are still very competitive academic standards that they have to achieve, but we can help them in, in, facilitate the
0: process as an athlete okay now folks i uh, went to the army website and the uh, the coach here takes you has a video it's not a long video but he has a video there that takes you on a tour of the facilities there the facility is amazing uh it takes you all the the pools the swimming facilities the the athletic training facilities everything there so i'm going to have the coach kind of describe now take the now he's going to do a verbal description of it but unlike many uh, universities because i've i've had quite a few college coaches on here this they don't ha- they should have a, a tour sort of like what coach has on his website so i'm going to have him take us on a bit of an audio tour what if, if, his uh, training facilities are like and uh well but i highly recommend that if after if after you listen to this podcast go check it it doesn't take you five minutes or so and it's an amazing vill- uh, facility there coach could you tell us uh, what you have there for training facilities for the swimmers sure
1: uh, it, you know it's west point as an institution values excellence and they will spare no expense when it comes to providing an opportunity for anybody that's part of this to achieve their full potential as an athlete, as a student, and as a future army officer. So it's, um, you know, these are your tax dollars at work and and they spare no expense when it comes to making sure these kids who are often referred to as America's best and brightest that they have a chance to, to see how good they can be in, in whatever it is that they're trying to do. Um, we have Crandall Pool, which is a 50-meter pool with a separate diving area. It's not a separate well, but it's a it's a diving area. We have two movable bulkheads in Crandall, and that's the main home of, of Army Swimming and Diving. That's where we do the bulk of our of our training. We'll have typically... 13 or 14 short course lanes going at any one time. Um, we do most of our dryland training in and around that area. We have a, a designated dryland space upstairs, and then we use a bunch of different facilities in and around Crandall Pool um, for our dryland program. There are a number of different weight rooms on campus, both within the Arvin Physical Development Center where Crandall is located. There are actually three pools in Crandall um, there or in Arvin. There's the Crandall Pool. There's what's called the Cadet Pool, which is a 25-yard by 25-meter pool that we use on a regular basis. And then there's also the Combat Water Survival Swim Lab, which is a six-lane, 25-yard pool with a wave machine that produces a two-foot swell. It has Dolby surround sound, gunfire, smoke machines. Um, they black it out, and it's actually a graduation requirement that every cadet needs to complete an obstacle course around, around that pool. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have to go off the tower, just the seven-meter or six, six-and-a-half-meter tower um, as part of their graduation requirement for swimming. So, there's, um, there's quite a lot of aquatics, both required and optional, um, that, that take place in all of our facilities. Uh, tell us... Some... you do a great... Go,
0: go ahead, good good Go ahead,
1: go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think what, one of the things that I've seen improve the most in the last four or five years is the commitment to nutrition and supplements and making sure that that every athlete not only has a a good meal plan, you know, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but we're giving them snacks. We have fresh fruit, yogurt, cheese, nuts, um, and and things like that available before and after every practice, chocolate milk, um, energy drinks, protein shakes, and, and that kind of thing, both at the pool and at the weight rooms so that the athletes are getting, um, Fueled properly in in getting um, the nutrition that they need.
0: Do they have a training table, or do they train, or they eat with their companies, or how that? How they the- eat
1: with they eat with the core, okay. um, but that's improved a lot too. We don't have a training table per se, but they do have um, you know they have a protein bar and a salad bar and a lot of of, of more healthy, nutritious options available to all the cadets. That, that's been the last couple of years. Like I said, one of the biggest improvements I've seen is in the nutritional offerings.
0: What is your typical in-season training schedule like?
1: Really varies. You, you know, we have 65 athletes in the program. We probably have 65 different training schedules going at any one time. You know, as far as how we mix um, weights and dry land and mornings and afternoons, Um, We've got a a good-sized staff. So Greg, who's our recruiting coordinator, also coaches our sprinters primarily. Priscilla coaches our distance group. Jacob coaches our backstrokers and breaststrokers. And then I kind of have everybody else, um, the middle-distance free IM and Butterflyers. But we do a good job of collaborating as a staff. We meet on a regular basis, and we set up sort of a rotation by athletes so that they get a chance to train with people that do what they do on a regular basis. And, and um, even though the schedule seems a little confusing, it, it in this last year in particular, I think we did the best job that we've done in collaborating and, and putting people in a position to be successful and moving them around from coach to coach and group to group almost on a daily basis, which has worked out really well. Um, typically, our middle distance people are doing three mornings a week, our sprinters are doing two mornings a week, and our distance group is in four mornings a week. We go 5.30, 6.30, they gotta be to breakfast by seven, and then school starts at 7.30 for most of them. Um, there's really not a lot of sleeping in at an academy, so we, we get cracking right, right first thing. Um, middle distance most everybody's in five afternoons for about an hour 50 to two hours and 10 minutes in the afternoons and then we're doing some kind of weights or dry land every day typically our sprinters lift four days a week middle distance in the weight room three days and then our distance group just twice and it's more circuit style lifting for our for our milers Um, but again we have a lot of a lot of um Variation and flexibility, and as as far as how we mix everything—mornings, weights, dry land, stroke, coach—you know where we assign people every day. Um, we use TeamWorks, which keeps us organized and keeps the individual calendars pretty tight, so everybody knows where they need to be um, for practice each day.
0: Okay. Now, you train so the men and women together. That's
1: the general schedule.
0: You train the men and women together. We do our our. Um, Our
1: training groups are are obviously um, combined, men and women, together. We'll do one or two practices a week that are separate gender, either Thursday afternoon or Saturday morning, depending kind of where we're at in the season. But, yeah, we are a combined program. We take a lot of pride in that. We are, you know, I've always coached combined teams. I love the family atmosphere of it. I think that it's, it's um, a lot like life, you know, in terms of men and women working together in a stressful environment um, and, and trying to do extraordinary things. Um, I, I also think, and I've, I've thought about this a lot, that the way that our Army has changed, especially in the past few years with the... Um, the repeal of the Combat Exclusion Law, meaning that women are now permitted to branch in the combat arms mm-hmm. branches. They're not required to, but they can now, which didn't used to be the case. Right. That that what we do as a combined program is an amazing preparation for their life and role in these integrated units. Once they, you know, once they commission and go out and into the army. Um, so, yeah, but being a combined program is important to us. Um, we talk about two teams, one family.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, how old is the Army program?
1: In it, in 2021, we'll celebrate our 100th anniversary. My. So we've got a big gala celebration, and, and we are going to unveil, um, I'm hopeful, a $3.5 million endowment. That's something that we've been working on very aggressively when I got here the endowment was at about hundred thousand dollars and we're now over two million with pledges and and actual money in there and that's something that I'm passionate about is making sure that that nobody could ever take this away from us you know we've seen over the last 30 years certainly through my career, many many swimming programs that have been cut for any number of different right. reasons and and so building this in this endowment has been a priority for me and and for our alumni and supporters and boosters and and um it's it's gonna happen and, and and like i said by that gala in 2021 when we celebrate 100 years women's program is not quite as old women didn't come to the academy till 1976 okay. and so it's um you know, it's it's there's not quite the the history, but very strong traditions for our women's team as well.
0: That's still an old program, even for women. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's uh, I'm, I I I it'd be interesting to go back and see how many team how many uh, university swim programs are 100 years old. That would be an interesting thing just to research on its own. It might be some more surprising than I think. I might find more than I believe, but it's amazing to see that. Now, yeah. uh, I want to ask you a little bit. Uh, I know you you said you have up to potentially sixty five different uh, schedules there. Now, do the, uh, the I know that the normal formations and things like that, PT and stuff, do the, do your athletes end up having to flux all that in, or do they get grand let out of some of the programs since they are college athletes? Yeah,
1: you know, it's it's important to us that we're well represented in the core in that they're visible in the company and that they're doing what is required of them um, whether it's plebe duties like taking out the trash Mm. or um, sorting the laundry or or things like that but during the competitive season so during our basically from mid-august to mid-march to the ncaas they are given authorizations to to make their athletic training a priority. So we don't try to get out of anything per se, but we do, you know, it's having the opportunity to be as good as you can be is something West Point takes very seriously, something the Army takes very seriously. You know, they commit millions of dollars to their NASCAR team every year. Mm-hmm. When, when they're gonna put the Army logo On somebody and send them out in the public they want to make sure they're as good as they can be and so you and this is something people don't quite understand you're gonna have a chance to see how good you can be as a swimmer at an academy you're not sacrificing your potential is this for everybody no clearly you you, you got to be a certain type of person but you can come here and be a great cadet and commission as an officer And still find out what you're capable of of becoming as an athlete. And so, um, you know, physically, they basically trust us as the core squad that the athletic team coaches to prepare them for their fitness test and for their indoor obstacle course test and, and all of those requirements. So there's not a lot of PT during the season. There's really not a lot of military training during the season unless they're enrolled in in one of the few different required PE classes everybody Mm -hmm. takes a combatives class where they learn hand-to-hand combat everybody takes a boxing class where they learn how to get hit in the head and realize Mm -hmm. it's not that big a deal and everybody takes a military movement class where you um you basically it's it's like a gymnastics class where you learn how to do a lot of different um movements it's called the ioct the indoor obstacle course test and you could google that and it's an awesome um, cross training pt kind of experience
0: now uh do you teach anything there since you do you have, do you have the background in physical education
1: i i do have the p.e degree and i have a master's in p.e as well a sports psych um, background but i don't teach it's um this job keeps me plenty busy <laughs>
0: now uh i i assume it would now do you are you able to uh room your swimmers with swimmers now I, it's not like a typical university where the swimmers are the only people getting up early in the dorms there everyone's getting up early i assume mm-hmm. so you are you able to do that we
1: on on in rare instances we do have swimmers rooming with swimmers but all the athletes here, whether you're a football player, hockey player, swimmer, basketball, they're all assigned to a cadet company mm-hmm. when they get here. And that company becomes sort of a home away from home. And they live in what's called the company area. And, and so you're living and rooming with your company mates. Now, if you happen to have another swimmer of the same gender in the same year group, of you then you would have potentially the option to choose to live together so it happens more often than than you might suspect but they're living within the court they're living with um you know maybe another athlete they get to choose not your plebe year not your freshman year but as you get um, a little bit older more experienced you get to choose who you live with
0: well, again, like I said, it's not typical university uh, setting. Everybody's getting up early. No one's sleeping in. It took me, uh, I don't want to say how long it took me to break my uh, automatic wake up at 4 a.m. after retirement. <laughs> it took me a while to break that habit. I finally have it yeah. broken. I'm still sleeping in. I'm happy if I, eh, 6.37 on a long sleep in day. I still don't do it. But, uh, again, it's not the typical university, folks. No one's sleeping in. So you're everybody's getting up at uh, for PT or something they have to do in the morning and the swim team's just one group of it. And there's uh how many do you? I'm asking you a question off the top of your head. Do you have any sports the academy has?
1: I think we sponsor 28 is the number that okay. popped in my head. 28 varsity sports. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's all that's a good number of sports and there's a lot of people moving around cuz there's a lot of morning practices so the swimmers are not the only ones. And so again, I think you should go l- watch the coach's video just to see Get a real good view of the of the the, the uh, nice tour, nice video tour of the facilities there. Now, coach, you mentioned briefly your assistant coaches. Can you give a little more information on each one of them, please?
1: Yeah, um, Greg Brown is our recruiting coordinator. He he works primarily with our sprinters. Greg was most recently at Florida Atlantic University. He's been a head coach at a couple different schools, and um, he's brought a wealth of experience and, and information to our program. Um, he does a great job. Jacob Sire is a graduate of NC state university. He was part of their ACC championship teams. He's a younger coach, but an amazing student of the sport and, and really, um, high energy, creative, well-prepared guy. And, and, um, and has been around a lot of fast swimming. He swam at Olympic trials um, twice, I believe, and um, and so that's Jacob. Priscilla works with our distance swimmers. Priscilla was um, assistant coach at UConn before she came to us. She is a great role model, in my opinion, in terms of fitness and nutrition. High energy, does a great job with our distance swimmers. Um, Kim, who I told you about, who's been in and out of the program and, and in and out of my life for the last 20 some odd years, works with me primarily with the distance people or the middle distance people I amers and does a really good job with everybody making technical uh, adjustments. And then Chris Waters is our diving coach. Chris is he's a, a long term pro. He's been coaching 20 plus years at, at several different institutions. I think 14 years at University of Illinois was his longest tenured job um, before he came here.
0: Okay, good. Now, Coach? Now
1: we, we've got um, a strength coach, Coach Grubb, who's got two other sports in addition to us, uh, but incredibly dedicated and um, really interesting guy and uh, has done an amazing job as our strength coach. Deja is our trainer, and she's just got swimming that she's responsible for in the training room, so she does an amazing job with care and prevention of athletic injuries. We have another program here called the Center for Enhanced Performance, and so we have sports Mm psychologists, performance um, enhancement people that are assigned to our program, Jen Schumacher, who is a swimmer. She swam at UC Irvine and has attempted the English channel and is still comes into practice and swims with us. So she does a lot of the sports psych um, support stuff and, and that kind of thing. So those are the people that are, that are involved in a daily basis. We also have something called officer representatives. So we have officers in the corps that are faculty members that volunteer their time led by an 06 a Fulbright colonel who's the deputy head of the mechanical engineering program brett van poppel who oversees a staff of nine other officers who help support us and mentor and tutor and travel with us and and just provide a lot of different support we, for example, went to New York City this weekend to do a clinic, um, a swimming clinic for some kids. And, and Colonel Ray Blaine, who runs the cyber security program here, at he's an 05, a lieutenant colonel, and he came down with us to, to be part of our day uh, in the city. So robust support staff and um, in a very, very experienced coaching staff. I'm lucky to to get to work with these guys.
0: Well, I was curious if you had any military on staff. So you have it in that that format.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um
1: yeah, and they're they're an integral part of everything we do, especially Colonel Van Poppel. I, I I'd say every major decision that's not swimming related crosses his desk, you know, including today finalizing the team's captain selection. Okay. you know and and all of that stuff he's he's an important part of of a lot of what we do and, and clearly the academic mentorship and and that kind of thing is truly important
0: now coach are you uh, able to host meets there during the season
1: we host a series of, of dual meets okay. you know through the season but we haven't had any any real big invitationals or, or that kind of thing I, We're a little bit hesitant to overcommit ourselves in terms of um, trying to bring in more people, but there is talk about a new facility going in, which will be a state-of-the-art $30 million pool that, that if everything goes according to plan, um, will be a, a real Gem for aquatics in the Northeast. It's going to be beautiful, but I'm hesitant to say too much because the money (laughs) is—they're still in the very initial stages of it. Right. But it'll be a military construction project to serve the community because there are ten thousand people that live here, you know, at West Point, including the cadets and eighty percent of the faculty and all the head coaches. We live here with our families so the community aspect of this you know aquatic facility will be tremendous it's going to be a place where where my kids you know, my kids are older now but but where children will learn how to swim and and we'll have masters and and competitive swimming and scuba and diving and and, and you know the whole gamut of aquatic
0: okay. options. now now, I'm not familiar with the area up there because I've actually never been up to the academy. Uh, are there any high schools that take advantage no, I'm of your? facility? F- hey, every American
1: ought to see West Point, especially an Army veteran. Well, should yeah, you come up. We'll
0: talk around. I'd have to come up. I've always made fun of uh, academy graduates when I was on active duty, uh, <laughs> but it was it was easy. Uh, they made it easy for me. Uh, with, the, with your great facility there, any high schools take, Is there are there any high school sectionals, districts, or anything held at your facility?
1: Not, not recently
0: no are there high schools in the area that have their own facilities or they they uh, none of them use yours
1: not, none of the local high schools use our pool um, and the, and most of the schools have their own have their own swimming
0: well that's nice we don't we're not that for we have a lot of facilities down here we don't have a like I work at the uh, powell Crosley YMCA and we have a, a dome over our 50 uh, meter pool uh, and 25 uh, I forget we have 21 uh, 25 yard lanes when we put the dome up and we have three or four high schools in there but the the high schools have facilities down our ways we have we have great swimming here but no one very few people have their own pools so that's great that they have that up there yeah now traveling how do you guys uh, I know that has to be a bit of a a problem about problem a challenge for cadets because they have so many commitments they have at the school and uh, with traveling how does that work out for them
1: I would suspect it's pretty similar to, to most other Division One teams in terms of the amount of travel and the way that we travel. We're we're in the Patriot League, so we go about as far north as Boston University. Sure. Um, we'll go there once a year. We go down to Annapolis, obviously, um, and the, <coughs> excuse me, um, in that area. We will. We went to Cleveland this year. Was our furthest trip for the national Invocational. Uh, I take it back. We went to Miami early season with a group for me down at Florida International University. We'll we'll be in Miami for the open water nationals. And um, so we fly on commercial okay. travel. We used to we used to have military air lifts which would take us to places like Puerto Rico and California, uh, but with sequestration in the last kind of um, right. last round of budget cuts for the air force they eliminated non-military essential flights from from allowing us to do that but it was pretty cool to get on a C130 with our team and strap in and go down to Puerto Rico for a week or 10 days to train and and the cool thing was we could take all our stuff right. you know all our training gear Power racks. We can right. bring everything. You had you know, no weight just limits. Loaded onto the the back of the of the plane, they can fit. I think three Apache helicopters right. in one of those airplanes. It's it's a huge space. Um, so, so that's how we travel. And and our ORs, the officer reps, come with us in case we have to make an exam up or an assignment mm. or you know something like that the faculty is incredibly flexible and they're going to make sure that if we're on the road, you have a chance to make ahead an exam or an assignment or to make it up when you get back or to do it while we're there. You know, every cadet has a laptop that is is Wi-Fi accessible. So they're, even when we're on the road, we're connected to, um, you know, back to the Academy and, um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, like I said, it's pretty typical to what you'd see at, at any other Division One type of school.
0: Uh, personal story: first time I ever flew was on a C-130, and I fell out of the darn thing. So you know, that was I got to fly it and jump out. Of it. I never, I never I, it took for it took another year or so for I were actually landed in an aircraft. But uh, <laughs> you had a parachute on, I hope. Yes, I did. They did have a parachute on I me, and after all that training, basically, uh, you just, uh, the, I'll give you a hint, people, about parachute. Gravity takes over. It te- you know, you don't need to know how, how to actually fall out an airplane. It will work. Well, gravity works. You know, the parachute. Well, hey, that's optional. I had two failures, so you know, talk to those r- those uh, riggers about that stuff. But <laughs> yeah, that was my personal experience. But that would be an experience to to fly all the way to Puerto Rico in the back of a C one hundred and thirty because it's an amazing aircraft. You could like I say, you can carry everything in there. Uh, you could have brought every, you could have brought, like you say, brought your own weight lift. It was just great. That would be, that was amazing to to do that. Maybe that'll come back eventually, but Hey,
1: they're loud. They're loud and they're slow. They but, are, but they're roomy. Yeah. Well,
0: after the, after your first flight, remember to take your earplugs. Oh yeah. Now, um, how do you guys handle Christmas training? Do you stay there?
1: No, we've been going this year. We went to Orlando the last two years, actually, and had a great experience training at the YMCA down there. Um, it, again, it's probably pretty similar to what most other college teams are doing over winter training. We left on December 28th. We came back on January 6th. We were at a, a hotel walking distance to the pool in Orlando, which has a great weight and dry land training uh, facility as well and and wonderful diving opportunities so um yeah that's how we do winter training and, and we like to get away go to um you know a, hopefully a warmer place but it's winter in america and it's cold everywhere but we uh, we were lucky this year had great weather down in florida
0: now um i probably should have given you a heads up on this ahead of time but do you have any ohio students you want to tell us about
1: marie Dawkin they call her the ranger um, she's a 200 flyer. Okay. She um, she is just a, a tough human, um, doing great things. She's from Dayton. She was teammates with a guy, Colin Canzera, who was a sub two-minute brushstroker, also from the Dayton Raiders team. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a, a pretty strong uh, history of, of Ohio swimmers coming to the academy. Marie's the one that popped into my mind right, right. now.
0: Now, do you have any Ohio students coming in that are committed that you can talk about, or you're allowed to? I need to wait. Okay. Not okay. A, Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what your limitations were on that, um, coach. A lot of rules. Yeah, there are. Uh, give us a short. If I'm a, if I'm a, a parent of a junior, and I'm a junior swimmer, uh, why will I? Why would I like? What, what would attract me to the United States Military Academy as both a cadet, future Army officer, and as a swimmer?
1: The people in this environment are extraordinary. You know, the people that are attracted to this place are living their lives, I think, a little bit differently than the average American. And, and you know, they say you become part of what, what you're around. And, and, and I think the best thing about West Point are the people that choose this life, that choose this place, from the cadets through the officer corps are, um, you know, the, the, the idea of duty, honor, country is a real thing. And and like I said earlier, raising my children in this environment is a blessing and a gift that, that, that I'm incredibly thankful for. Um, I think the opportunities that come from... The training and the experience and, and the prestige, quite frankly, of being an academy graduate will lead you to success in whatever you choose to do in life, that, that having gone through a crucible experience like this, I think is very attractive to employers and, and creates a resilience and a, um, a grit. That is probably a little better than the average person. Um, I think the fact that that not only is it free, but that you get paid to go here is attractive to a lot of people. So you, you know, not only are you on a full ride, um, but you get a, a salary every month, and so it sets you up for success financially. Uh, when you graduate, I believe. That a second lieutenant, when you factor in their housing allowance and and, and different things, um, they're making fifty-four thousand dollars a year, a year out of out of college, and so you have a job and and you have a five-year commitment right. where you'll go any number of different places and have an amazing adventure and a lot of responsibilities that will set you up for success later most of the kids most of the the, the commissioned officers will do 5 years um, in active duty a little over 50% and then they'll go out into any number of different careers um, a little less than half will stay in like you and retire do their 20 and then retire and you know we have a lot of doc and lawyers we have people that go to med school every year one of the advantages of that of course is the army pays Pays for it not only do they pay your tuition for med school but you're getting paid while you go there and getting your housing allowance and so you know there's no debt Mm -hmm. my brother who's in his 40s is still paying off his college loans as a retina surgeon down Mm -hmm. in southern california whereas these guys are you know they do 20 years Um, pay back their loans then they can go out in private practice and do any number of different things like my buddy Steve Svoboda who's uh, the team physician for the Washington Capitals now you know he was our head orthopedic here at West Point and as a young guy out you know doing some pretty cool things you know you do a career in the military you have lifetime health benefits you have an amazing pension um, you have a lot of options a lot of different opportunities
0: yeah, if you go to graduate school, folks, straight from the military academy, first of all, you're commissioned a second lieutenant and you draw your second lieutenant's salary. And if you go to the right graduate school that the Army wants, it's all paid for. And so you, it's it's not a bad way to start off. And then you do whatever, let's say, become a JAG uh, in, or a doctor or something in the United States Army. And then you come back out and you're, like you say, debt-free. There's a lot to be said for that.
1: Yeah, pretty great deal, you know, eh? But, but uh... The thing for me, it all comes back to the people. It all comes back to this place. It all comes back to duty and honor and country and service and and having like-minded individuals that that are wanting to live their lives a little bit differently. That, that's the thing for me that's been the coolest part of being at West Point is um, it's just great people.
0: Folks, we're going to go into final comments now. Coach, if you have any uh, – we're talking to Coach uh, Mickey Winder up at the United States Military Academy, the Army uh, uh, head coach. If you, if, uh, Coach, if you have any final comments you'd like to uh, give our listeners, feel free.
1: No, it, it's, it's been a real pleasure to be a part of this. I, I appreciate the time. Um, I, I guess in, in terms of West Point, like I said earlier – you know, if you, you don't have to know that you want to be a career Army officer to be very happy and successful at a place like this. And and I, I I think, like I said earlier, you've got to know that you love swimming. You've got to know that you want to test yourself and challenge yourself in a unique way and that you believe in team, you believe in family, that you value those relationships. And I'll tell you, the relationships that these kids have with each other is unique. And, and I think it all comes back to going through something hard together creates these bonds. And they love each other in a unique way. you know. And, and I've been around a lot of teams. I've been coaching. This is just finished my 27th year as, a, as an NCAA head coach. and And the relationships that these kids have are different. I'm a little bit envious. It's a special place. And um, and so if you believe in that, if you love the sport, if you want to test yourself, if you want to be part of something special, that will never, you know, most collegiate experiences, as I've been told, are a transaction. You go to class, you earn a degree, you give that degree, you hand that in once you graduate for a job somewhere else. West Point is truly a transformation. You know, that 47-month developmental process, it's unbelievable. And it's such a cool thing for me to watch these kids come in as 17 or 18 years old and watch them transform, you know, physically and spiritually and militarily into these officers that are going out and... And leading our country, you, you know, both our army and then in any number of different areas, it's it's an it's an amazing thing to witness. And so um, it's something worth checking out.
0: Okay, coach. I want to thank my producer, Jonathan Prophet. I want to thank our coach guest, Coach Mickey Winder, the head coach of the United States Military Academy, uh, men and women's combined team, for taking time out of his busy schedule to join us here at uh, Southwest Ohio Spring Podcast. I want to remind you folks, you can find us at our host website, which is axiomnewsnetwork.com. We're also available on the Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and all those places. Now, my final thoughts. If you're not getting wet or watching someone else getting wet, then you're not trying hard enough. So I challenge you to find a pool and get wet. This is Old Good no Thank you for listening and wishing you a good day.